0: Welcome to The Pinocchio Project. I'm your host, Mitch Friedman. Ideas have consequences, and every day you're exposed to ideas that promise human flourishing. Our mission here on The Pinocchio Project is to equip you to examine these everyday ideas so that you can determine for yourself whether or not they deliver on their promises. Welcome to The Pinocchio Project. This is your host mitch friedman i'm joined as always by jeff olson and uh today we are not broadcasting from beautiful lago vista but semi-beautiful cedar park texas which is just east of lago vista Uh, we've set up our uh, traveling nomadic studio here for a variety of reasons but we're happy to be broadcasting to you Uh, as you know we like to vet ideas that promise flourishing And we look at them through a biblical lens and uh, determine whether or not they can deliver. Well, today, as we get started, uh, we're going to have part one of what I've called Pathways Broad and Narrow. And I'm taking this title and this theme directly from Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Mount as recorded in Matthew chapter 7 in verse 13. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road, that leads to destruction. Wide and broad leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road, small and narrow, that leads to life, and only a few find it. So Jesus is talking here in what we call contrasting couplets. The wide and broad versus the small and narrow as relates gates that promise life. And what you'll see if you continue to read through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus talks about bad teaching, false teaching, uh, which paves the way for wide and broad destruction. And then he will encourage his listeners uh, on the hillside to listen to him Primarily, singularly as the wise builders who build on the foundation that he lays. Well, I'm going to take uh, this theme of wide and broad and small and narrow and apply it to the local church of today. And today in part one, the pathways broad and narrow, we'll talk about what it means to do a healthy search for a new church. Oh, that rhyme, Jeff. Did you pick that up? Maybe we could lay down a beat with it healthy search for a new church. Are you going to include all that? I think he's going to include it all. We'll see if it makes the cut. And what I want to talk about is uh, something that happened to my wife and I. Uh, We found ourselves looking a shopping, if you will, from the Western mindset uh, for a new church family Uh, after 18 years of my leading a church that we planted, meaning we started from scratch uh, with two other couples here in the area. And in 2019, we began to transition out. And in 2021, we transitioned out. uh, And we weren't going to stay. That would be a disservice to the the great guy that came in because I would be a a shadow. I don't think I could ever do an emeritus well. Uh, And so we found ourselves still in the area. Uh, but in need of a solid biblical community that we could uh, engage and join and and love and serve and partner with to serve the community and beyond. And quite honestly, uh, I've been a believer, I've been a follower of Christ since March 31st of 1991. So that's 31 years. And this was the first time in my history and also my wife's history that we've ever had to actually, here's that term, church shop and it was really really hard really hard i I found myself entering sort of the consumer mindset like uh oh it's like going to an outlet mall and seeing seeing which store has all my preferences and i think that's the way a lot of us if we're looking for a new church or maybe if you're in an existing church you've been there for a while and you find yourself wanting to complain uh, find yourself murmuring you really have to fight that western mindset of being a consumer Uh, But as we, as we searched in the area and I've, I've been here in the area for over 20 years. So we know uh, most of the churches and most of the pastors and I love, and I've cried and I've laughed and I have bled with a lot of the pastors in the area. So we started going in and out of these churches and we gave them a few weeks each time to see if there was like a good synergy, a good fit. And after about four months of this, uh, I was getting a bit frustrating. So I didn't want to be the guy that went into a church with a mindset of what you have for me. So I'm just going to pause and, and say that that seems to be the default mindset of most people looking for a church uh, in the Western culture. Uh, it's because we're, we're bred to have so many choices. We're conditioned to have our preferences met. And we take that same mindset into looking for a church. Not that you shouldn't look carefully and evaluate very carefully. We'll talk about that in our next podcast. But you have to truly fight uh, the idea that the church is there to serve me and my preferences and what my family needs. Now, again, you must evaluate and assess uh, properly. So what happened was after about four months of uh, church shopping, if you will, I didn't want to continue to feel like I was just some grimy consumer waiting for the right items on the buffet line to be placed. And so Sherry and I... I developed uh, this what I would call three-legged stool upon which we would rest our membership and let me just say right away that's just an that's just an image you should never rest in your church membership to be a member of a church is to be first a servant in the mission that that church is pursuing but we developed this three-legged stool uh, which would provide a solid foundation for our membership and uh, the first leg and I would off, I would argue that the most important leg is any church's commitment to the historic, doctrinal, orthodox faith that's been passed down from Jesus to the apostles, from the apostles to the fathers, from the fathers to the apologists, and then in through the church as it grew throughout the world. And so you might say, duh, Mitch. I mean, that's a given. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is not, and more and more so in the West. Uh, it is not a given that a church that calls itself Orthodox or Protestant or in some cases even even Catholic uh, holds to any kind of historic gospel. And we, we would say that, you know, the differences between Protestantism and Catholicism are marked in certain important areas. But don't ever assume as you walk into a church, if you're looking for a church, that uh, because it says, you know, we are non-denominational or uh, we're associated with a domination that's been historically solid doctrinally. Don't assume for a second that that, that first leg of the stool, which is most important, uh, is being satisfied, is being built uh, for you to rest your membership on. So the first leg of the, of the stool. So what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm helping you to fight the idea that you have that I'm going into a church for my own purposes to have my preferences met or my family's preferences met. And I'm offering another idea about what it means to build a platform by which you can evaluate a a church so that you can go in and connect and grow and serve. So the first leg, again, is a commitment to the historic Orthodox Christian faith as passed down from Jesus to the apostles, to the fathers, to the apologists, and then distributive uh, throughout church growth throughout the centuries. The second leg of the stool, and this was uh, a bit surprising for us because we found this a difficult, almost as difficult uh, as the first leg of the stool to satisfy. Uh, The second leg of the stool was uh, a group of people, regardless of the size of the church, that, that seemed to like each other and be willing to welcome other people in and maybe like each other, welcome people in and want to care for one another and maybe beyond caring for each other, maybe even loved each other enough to serve each other and go out into the community to love and serve that community together. This was a surprise to us. I mean, we are here in Texas, which is known for its hospitality, y'all. Uh, but it was really challenging for us very often as we would walk into a place and we would see heads down and uh, we, would, we would see closed circles and uh, we would see the people's backs uh, and you know, I love people and the more people, the better. So I'm always eager to engage and say hello and start a conversation. And most every church has what I would call the, uh, uh, the purposeful, intentional greeters, which is fine. Uh, but in truth, if you're the, if you're a member of a, of a healthy body, uh, you should be a part of the hospitality team, whether or not you're part of the hospitality team, you should be looking for people to welcome in, give them some warmth and usher them into the environment and so a a commitment to historic orthodoxy from the platform in teaching and all other doctrinal considerations a community of people who likes even loves cares and serves with each other serve each other and serve outside with each other and then the third leg of the stool uh, is a place where you can well this was, was Sherry and I we were looking for a place where Sherry and I could could use what the Lord has gifted us with, the experiences we've had, the ups, the downs, uh, the shaping that has have gone has gone through our Christian life uh, individually and together as a couple and a family. Uh, and and that place, uh, that, that particular body has enough expressions, both service inside the walls and outside the walls, where we can be used and not just used, but used up uh, in our giftedness and our experiences and opportunities. So uh, I, we had to a form that sort of template as we continued our search. And by God's grace, after mm, almost seven months, we were introduced to a group of people uh, really kind of outside my expectations of where that place would be or what it would be. And we are nestled nicely in that body that's committed to orthodoxy. This is This is a loving, caring church, both inside and outside the church walls. And it's a place where Sherry and I are now beginning to use our gifts. Uh, so I think what I want to tell you here is you're going to have to fight the idea that, that church is first existing for your benefit. That, that typically comes through most powerfully in what I would call the, the, uh, the song-along and the sing-along of Sunday worship. Uh, I can't tell you how many times as a pastor, uh, people would pull me aside either after the service or at some point later having coffee or lunch or in a small group time and say things like, well, you know, Sunday, Pastor, I, I just didn't get anything out of the worship. And so I always have things going on in my mind. Uh, sometimes they leave my lips, depending on how tired I am and the sarcasm meter. Uh, but what, what always pops into my mind when somebody says, you know, Pastor, Last Sunday, I just didn't get anything out of the worship. What I immediately want to say is, well, that's okay. We weren't worshiping you. Uh, I mean, that's that's the that's the honest point of reference. So if you go into a worship service expecting for yourself to be satisfied, you've got the wrong referent. A God is an audience of one, and we are there... To extol him that means to raise him high and sing his praises we're there to show him our our gratitude and our contentment for everything he's done for us and his son and everything he continues to do so you're gonna have to fight the idea especially since you've been bred and conditioned in the West that you will somehow be the most important player in this story because it will never be and secondly I want you to adopt a new attitude whereby you can form your own template if you're looking for a church where your first impulse is to go to a place once you've you've vetted their orthodoxy and once you've vetted the the community where you are willing to first serve before you sit. Uh, I kind of like that saying. It's a little too abrupt for most people in the West, but if I could have put that on a banner of the church I led— Uh, the church I led was called the Journey, the Journey Bible Fellowship, a place where you can serve before you sit. Uh, Not sure if that would have been a magnet, but you know, I never was much into a magnet as a church. I was about first the historic Christian doctrine of the faith, a community of unity, and then a place where we're serving together as a force for good, both inside and outside the walls. So the broad path here to go back to our theme is to look or shop for a church like everybody else looks for one as a consumer. The narrow path is to enter with the attitude, evaluate with the attitude, and then engage with the attitude that I'm here to worship an audience of one and serve with all the gifts that God has given me out of gratitude for the greatest gift His Son has given me. So, enter through the narrow gate. Avoid the broad road. For the Pinocchio Project, Mitch Friedman signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on the Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow. Give us a five-star rating and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at pinocchioprojectpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at pinocchiopod or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening. And remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences.